The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome. This is the latest edition of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean with from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And my guest today is coming to us from Vancouver Island, um, Kathy White. She is a yoga instructor and a psychotherapist. And I'm so thrilled to have her here because she's going to talk on things that I'm super interested in. And uh, thank you for coming on, Kathy, and good morning. Yeah. Hi, Sean. Yeah, lovely to be here. Thanks Good. for inviting me. Nah, not a problem. Like I said, like whenever I come across somebody that it really has a background and things that I want to learn from, and I think the people would benefit from who listen to this, always uh, super stoked to have them on. So, so what I like to start out with, as with everybody, is um, everyone has a backstory. I like to give context of what we're talking about here. So I know things about you, but potentially everyone listening does not. So let's go take it back you know, however long you've been, 30 years, and uh, what brought us to this point now where we're having this conversation? Yeah, wow. Okay. How long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you need to. Give me, yeah, it's like, I'm old. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> got many years under my belt. Well, I guess the, the, the kind of brief version is, is how I really found yoga or how yoga found me. You know, I'd, I'd started, I dabbled in yoga. I was, uh, you know, in the, the fitness craze of the 80s when I was at university was aerobics. And um, I, I didn't do well in that. I didn't do well. I, I, I came out hot and sweaty and just like, I don't like this. Um, and, then, and then I happened upon yoga and that was lovely. And I did a few classes, but didn't really stick at it. And then... Tragically, my first child died at birth. And that was, as you, you know, some people can possibly imagine, some people have been through similar things, but that, that loss, that grief, that just craziness of having this moment in time, which is meant to be full of joy, love, hope, you know, the future, just right. crashed, gone. And, and you know, this had come out of my body. So my body just shut down, basically. I just went numb. I, 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 you know, sat on the couch. I didn't know what to do with myself, my whole... It was very, very, very dark time for me. And then a friend dragged me to a yoga class. Said, come on, Kathy, you're coming to this yoga class. And... Something happened in that yoga class where I just felt alive again. And having been so surrounded by just grief and death and not wanting to live and not trusting my body, there was this glimmer of hope, of support, of, and yoga did that for me. Yoga plus some psychotherapy. And so I trained in both. It was mm -hmm. like that, you know, the, the gift of the death of my son was that he gave me yoga and he gave me psychotherapy. Those were the two things I needed to heal. And then I went on to train in both. And the type of psychotherapy I trained in was art psychotherapy. So very creative, um, very much working with um, Jungian and, um, and yeah, beautiful, beautiful methodology. And from um, from that point, I started to heal, heal my body, heal my mind, moved forward, yeah, did the trainings, had two subsequent children. By this time, I was a bit of an older mum. I was 42 when my son was born, my second son. And and, and yoga kept me fit, kept me young, kept me, you know, playing on the ground, getting up and down, climbing trees, running around with my kids, even though I was, you know, well into my 40s with these active young children. And then fast forward again, trying to do the short version here. Um, and then I started coming into 
menopause, perimenopausal symptoms. And one of the symptoms for me, it's not for all women at this stage of life, but it's for all of us as we age, my joints started to hurt. Like really seriously, my knees weren't acting up, my low back, I had, I had computer shoulders, <laughs> ever had those? Um, uh. And, uh, and, and yoga wasn't working for me. And so you know, because of, you can imagine, because of the story I've just shared about how yoga came to me, it was like yoga was my lifeline. Yoga was my, my beacon. Yoga was my light, my, my go-to place. And now it wasn't working for me. And I was devastated. I was absolutely, it was tragic. And I, <laughs> my result, what I did, Sean, was um, I kind of gave up and, and I had a year pause and we did something else as a family. We went to live on an island for a year, which is a whole other side story. But, um, and then as we came out, we then took our kids. We were thinking about moving to Canada at that point because we were living in Scotland. We took our kids on a three-month trip to through Canada. We actually started off in Hawaii because we wanted some sunshine. And I started practicing yoga. Every city we went to, there was a new yoga studio on the corner, and I'd just go up. And I, I didn't care. I became what I refer to that period of my my life. I was like, I was a yoga slut. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, whatever, Ashtanga, Ayanga, you know, all the different yoga types, all the different mm -hmm. methodologies, whatever teacher was doing, the yin, the restorative, the this, that, that. And I was just like, whatever, complete abandon. I'm going to do everything, anything. I'm just going to try and do yoga again. And I was so inside, though. I was so desperate to find something that worked. And none of it really did. And then I happened upon this extraordinary method of yoga, which comes from Brazil, called Kayut, K-A-I-U-T, if people are interested in researching it. And from my work with Francisco Kayut, who's the founder of the method, I developed my own joint renewal system because my knees started to be happy again. My spine sorted itself out my my shoulders like oh my god I, I could barely put my hands behind my head and I, I didn't even realize that I had that much stiffness and pain and now you know, absolutely no problem with with shoulder movement it's all eased up and I feel my hips are extraordinarily more mobile and supple I don't have hip pain unless I'm on a long distance car journey. And then I know what to do on my mat to sort it out, to get back on my yoga mat. And so that, that is what I, you know, from, from, I didn't abandon the 20 years of yoga prior. I didn't abandon my prior trainings, Garavelli approach, which had really greatly informed my methodology. I integrated them into this Kayut method and came up with my own joint renewal system. So that, I don't know if that was too long, but that was, that's my story of how yoga, where I am today with yoga, with developing this, this method. Gotcha. Gotcha. So before we actually jump into the uh, joint renewal system here, cause I want to learn more about that, but kind of just going back to what you said earlier with the uh, stillborn death of your son. Um, now you said that your body had shut down um, after this event. Now, do you think, do you, do you think, did it, was it really, was it like a trauma-based kind of feeling, like a psychosomatic, like your body just kind of shut down? Or was it like, did it, was it like a physical feeling yeah, that it just, I mean, this, just kind of... Was, this was 25 years ago. Um, so 26 years ago this year. Um, <clears throat> and it was... Um, you know, trauma wasn't a word that was used. You know, it's bandied around today almost too liberally actually mm -hmm. everyone's got trauma you know um right. but but in those days it wasn't really used very much and now i look back on that event yes it was it was absolutely a, a trauma in because i went into that that um that, that hospital to de deliver a baby and i came out with a corpse you know it was it was yeah. like whoa that and it was an emergency c-section so there was an operation mm -hmm. involved you know to try right. to get out quickly um it was very shocking to everyone because right even the c-section they did a scan of the baby and his heartbeat was still going 
as they were operating on me. And it was just at the moment they lifted him out, took him to the recess table, and then his heart had stopped somewhere in those few moments. So the whole operated, all the doctors were in shock, the nurses were in shock. I mean, the, the whole, everyone, you know, myself and my husband included. Yeah. So that trauma, it, and, it, and then I got stitched back up. And I, I think, you know, right in that whole groin, um, lower pelvic floor area, um, I had huge amount of trauma. And, you know, I've been on my mat just crying, just crying, crying, crying after doing some yoga poses, which have just simply let it, let you know, not needing to necessarily analyze it, but just get that out of the body. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That actually makes sense now that you say that you had an emergency C-section um, because that's definitely traumatic to the body. Um, yeah. I, work, I work in a hospital and there was one time where I had to be present for a, an emergency C-section. And, you know, if you've never had one yourself, you've never actually witnessed one. I didn't see everything, but I saw plenty. It's literally like cutting through several layers of skin and muscle and just digging out a baby. It's, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty horrendous, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually, that actually makes a lot of sense. And you say you had an emergency C-section. So, yeah. Uh all right, so going from going from that, and you found yoga, and yoga really it was a lifeline for a lot of years. It did wonders for you emotionally, physically, and psychologically. And then you hit this wall after a certain age where menopause happened, and then suddenly your body stopped operating as normal, yeah. and hormonally you went through a major uh, shift change, um, and now suddenly. Your, your joints are just aching all of a sudden out of nowhere. And, and now and now all the yoga in the world at that time was not doing you any good. So you came across this, um, this new form, right? And now we have several years later, joint renewal system here. So about the joint renewal system. So kind of put it into words for us. So what does it offer that traditional forms of yoga do not offer? Because, you know, you know there's all kinds of yoga out there. It's all, it's all out there. It's very, um, it's very branded, very commercialized. You can get into it any way you want to. You can just look it up on YouTube. You'll get a bazillion videos. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's interesting too, Sean, because what I, what I wish is that some of those forms of yoga, they're so far away from what I see as the kind of ancient secrets, the ancient tradition mm -hmm. of yoga. I, I wish that they, they'd rebranded not using the word yoga. I wish they'd rebranded just saying, you know, right. this methodology or that methodology. Because, right. Because yeah. it's, it's just drifted so far away from the roots. And not all. You know, there's some, there's some beautiful, wonderful yoga teachers out there doing excellent work that is just, yeah, absolutely in keeping with the tradition. And there's just so much in the marketplace, as you say, that's become commercial in this and that. And, and you know, the blend of the trouble of, of, of yoga being, um, and this is where it gets so sticky in terms of the overlap, is, is that people think that as soon as you start moving your body, it's fitness. And I like that. I like that. So, <laughs> yeah, as soon, yeah and, I and agree. This, this is fitness, fitness reborn. It's like, how do we re, um, reorientate ourselves to what, what does fitness actually mean? What are we trying to achieve with fitness? And the same thing with yoga. What are we actually trying to achieve with yoga? What was the, what was the promise of yoga or what were the ancient yogis thousands and thousands of years ago actually doing when they were moving their bodies? Well, I think they were calming their nervous system. They were bringing themselves to a state of meditation, a state of clarity, a state of engagement with their total self and not and, and any sense of kind of fragmentation or um ego-based activities that they were engaged in, any anger, any um, distress, any stress points, was somehow integrated back into the body and back into the mind. And the body and mind as one connected, that's what the root of the word yoga means, is to join, to, 
to connect. So we're, we're linking um, everything together, body, mind, spirit, breath. Um, you know, like in yoga, there's a, a branch of the, of, in the eight limbs of yoga, um, which is one branch is asana, which is practice, right? So there's eight other, uh, seven other aspects of yoga, which often get kind of sidelined. Um, asana, which means the, the postures, um, is just one form of it. So when we get on our mat, we're also looking at breath, meditation, the namas, niyamas, that, which are the, um, the kind of moral code or the, the kind of alignment, the ethics of yoga that's very deeply embedded in the practice. And all of that kind of gets pushed to one side by many yoga forms that just go, okay, we just have to move the body. Okay, left arm up, left arm down, right? <laughs> so just that kind of, you know, um, fitness thing. So I think the, the, the main thing for me is to bring it back to the root of, first of all, we're addressing the nervous system. Like that is the most important thing to, to bring us down from that busy, busy, active, in, out there, engaged, adrenaline-fueled um, modus operandi, which this Western world, unfortunately, has you know very high stress levels which you know increase with when you add a pandemic they increase when you add a recession they increase when you, you know political situations they increase um and so collectively as a culture so okay how can i how can we how can this practice of yoga just turn that volume down and allow me to just breathe simply come back to the present moment, be engaged in my physical self, my mental self, my emotional self, my spiritual self, how can they all just become aligned? Right. Yeah, exactly. It, I, I think you're right when you say that because of the commercialization of yoga, like it's not in its traditional sense, it's not really, um, it's not really suitable for present culture in terms of like the, the fitness industry, because, because it doesn't really, every, everyone out there is looking for delivering the best results in the quickest way possible. So how do you really, how do you really maximize that to, to, to the degree that you need it to? So people can walk away saying, ah, yes, that was worth it. Yes. I got some gains from that. Um, and you can do that. You can, quote unquote bastardize something enough where, you know, you can have someone just huffing and, you know, you know, you're jackhammering their, their entire system um, for whatever, 30 minutes to an hour and they walk away huffing and puffing and, you know, they're sweaty and in red face and disgusting and, you know, feel pretty <laughs> exhausted uh, like you were with aerobics. And, um, but again, like you said, that's not, that's not its true purpose. And, uh, honestly, well, like that, you know, that, Sean, that has its place. That has its place. You know, it's like exerting yourself and doing big power work and doing weights and doing, you know, it's that it, they have their place. It's just when I guess my beef with the, the, the yoga field is that then those things have started to come into into yoga. So people are doing power yoga. It's like, what yeah. The hell is that? yeah. 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 I bless, bless those people who are doing power yoga. Just yeah. please call it something else. That's all I ask. Right. Yeah. I was, I was, I always was, even before I, I, I didn't have any, even before I had any deep knowledge of yoga at all, I didn't, I was always suspicious of people who called it power yoga because it didn't, it was like, okay, you're trying to deliver something in in the dress of yoga that really yeah. isn't yoga that's what it kind of sounds like to me i mean you yeah. just you really just kind of took something and you made it into something it never was <laughs> right exactly and and you know i am sure that system i you know really want to honor and respect people who are doing you know because people might be going to power yoga classes and love it people might be a power yoga teacher so i just I just you know right. absolutely fantastic wonderful you know want to honor and, and and there's no disrespect there it's just i really really want people to understand the the root of yoga and the heart of yoga is about connecting 
body, brain, mind, nervous system, breath, spirit into this integrated whole. And that can't be done. You know, if the nervous system is activated, if we're, if we're in that sympathetic mode of, of our nervous system, then there's no way we can, we can do that connecting work because we're, we're in a heightened state of alert. The connecting work only happens, and we know this neurologically, we know this um, through, through science now, that those connections, those, that restoration of the body only happens when we're in a calm, relaxed, breathing, parasympathetic state. And yoga can help us get there. And so that's the gift of yoga. Right, exactly. Because if you're in flight or flight, if you're in a stress mode, then everything is just kind of going haywire, and yeah, you're yeah. you're just re you're just you're just reacting. There's degrees of stress mode. So you know, when you go to the gym and you're powering on the machines and doing that, you are in fight or flight mode. Your your adrenaline's pumping. You're going mm -hmm. for it and everything else. And there's a degree of practicing being in those modes so that. You're, you're building resilience and tolerance for being active like that. So it has its place. You know, it's not like we want, all want to just go around being very zen all the time. No, um, we want the range of experience, right? Right. But, the, you know, where the yoga comes on that range is at the, the other end of the practice. And so, and, you know, what's interesting about the joint renewal system, how I came across with, with Kayut is that, some of the poses are really incredibly demanding. Some of the stuff we do, it's very, very simple. It's like we break the yoga poses down into their component parts. We do very, very simple moves. We might simply have our legs up the wall and do an ankle flexion on one, on one ankle. You know, so we're just bending our, bending our foot round, um, bringing our toes down towards our, our shin. And, but holding it for two, three minutes... And people are going, my ankles are burning. <laughs> you know, so they'll get the burn. Right. But, you know, you, some people are looking for. However, that is one, you know, it's like maybe 5% of your body is, is, is doing that engagement and that real sort of um, work, pressure, intensity. The other 95% of your body is being invited to breathe, soften, relax. So that, that contrast of having one area of your body like really work, but the rest of your body in this rest and restore mode, this simple connecting, then the work that happens in that ankle is so much more powerful because it's happened in this ecosystem of the body that is in its rest and restore mode. So the body's busy rebuilding cells, regenerating, rejuvenating. Um, it's not in, it hasn't got any adrenaline of cortisol running through it. And so that work that you do is, is so much more effective. Right, right. So after uh, discovering this uh, Brazilian form of, um, of yoga. Um, so what then led to that? You got involved with this. What then led to that, to developing your own system here called joint renewal system. And, and what is what you identified as the, if I correct me if I'm wrong, it was uh, the three C's of the joint renewal system. Is that correct? Yeah, there's, I have a, I have a seven day challenge, which I do the, the seven C's actually, which I won't, oh, okay. won't reveal here because it's like, come do the challenge and you'll find yeah. out what they are. But the three C's, yeah, I mean, there, there are different, I use it just to kind of help people hook in to what you, what you need to do. So what, how it developed, Sean, was that I, saw with the the Kayut yoga it had so many different facets and aspects and ways in which it was helping people helping me helping me as a yoga teacher and really attracting yoga teachers to it and then we when we go out into the world it's like saying to people oh I teach Kayut yoga people are like mm, I don't know what that is and then I spend you know 10 minutes trying to explain what that was and and they still wouldn't get it. And then I say, well, come to the class and, and try it because, you know, you got to dip your toe in the water to actually experience the water. And 
and then I, it was like a, almost the joint renewal system came as a, a shorthand for this is what we're doing and why it's so important within the Cayuse method. It's like, so I took what I felt was like one of the essential parts that people need to know about that method and started to develop that on its own. And there are many, many, many other layers to the method and which I continue to teach and many, many other layers of my background in yoga um, in terms of, you know, how to approach the body, the calming the nervous system, the meditation aspect of it, that all are integrated. But I needed, I guess, a, a phrase or a, a way of describing what this yoga did to differentiate it from all the other yogas out there and, and tell people what it is um, on the box, as it were. Mm -hmm. so in a way, the joint renewal system, it's, it's taking what is the essence of Cayute and labeling it something else, um, giving it a, a name that people can kind of go, oh, I get it, I understand. So if I come to this yoga class, I'm gonna be working my joints and they're gonna be restored or renewed. Um, it's like, yes, you got it. Um, and that's what I, I emphasize in my teaching. Um, I, I, I always bring people back to their joints rather than stretching, which yoga and stretching have also become synonymous. It's like, oh, yeah, I love my yoga class. I love doing a good stretch. And I, I, I kind of go, no, you don't want to be stretching because if you're stretching over and over and over again, you're just making the ligaments, tendons, muscles, you're making them lax in a way. You're, you're pulling them out and you're making them lax. If on top of that, you have a joint that is stiff. So if you've got a, you know, your hip joint, ball and socket joint, and it's, and it's not working so well, it's stiff, it's got rigidity in it, but all the muscles around it have been stretched out and loosened and ligaments and everything else, then you're going to have an unstable joint. You, it's not going to work in the way that it's designed. It's, it's going to work in a way that's going to harm you and create pain. And there are many yoga teachers today who are, you know, coming up into their later years of life in their 50s, 60s, 70s, who have hip issues, who have spine issues because they've been stretching rather than working their joints. And that to me is tragic. It's like, you know, that's so so far away from what right. the potential of, of yoga has. Right. That's how, yeah, the, it becomes like joint renewal. Put it into people's brain. Get into your joints. Don't worry about the stretching. The stretching comes as a consequence of opening your joints. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm really working my hip joint, then eventually those hamstrings will start to respond to that working of the joint. Okay, so it seems like it's more of a a dynamic sort of exercise here where, you know, it's not like, it's not stretching like a stag stretch where you hold something for a, a given period of time, but it's really more strength-based is what it sounds like, like the well, dynamic the and strength-based. Strength, strength is involved. Dyna there is holds. We do do holds for, you know, we'll do long holds. Um, and that's really one, one of the things we do the long holds for is one of the, three C's, which I'll, I'll share with you, um, is calm. So because we want to be calm, we want mm -hmm. to bring the nervous system into a state of calm. So if I uh, say I'm lying horizontal on the ground, maybe my knees bent, feet are flat on the floor, and I lie on my back, and then I'll just take my arms back behind me, and I'll reach back behind me and place my hands you can see on the video here, but I, it, for those of you listening, audio, I'm just uh, just stretching my arms up and the, on the camera here and take my arms back. And this is lying on the ground, though. So there's a degree of passivity in the spine and the nervous system because I'm lying down. So automatically, I've created the environment for relaxation and and rest. And so, and so there is the, the sea of calm that I've, I've come into. However, the arms, the shoulders, many of my students can't take their arms back like that. They can't mm -hmm. extend the elbows. And so I'm looking at extending the hands 
like so we're getting into the joints of the hands i'm trying to get all 10 fingernails back on the floor behind me i'm extending the the elbow i'm mm -hmm. opening the wrist and then i'm seeing how that shoulder joint works now what a student may have to do is take their arm out to the side they may have to take it all the way out to the side so their arms are in a T-shape. They may even have, because of some shoulder restriction, may even have one arm down. However, they're still engaging with that elbow extension. They're still getting into that elbow joint because the elbow joint, very forgotten joint in the body, but the elbow joint has so much significance for the shoulder and how the shoulder operates. And so, you know, it, it looks like a stretch and to all you know sort of untrained kind of eyes it is a stretch but actually i'm asking the whole arm structure to come back down into the into the shoulder socket um and 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 loosening any tightness or tension around here feeling the effect on the rib cage so yeah i just talked you through a you know a, one movement of thousands of movements that we might do within one of the classes and it, it's it's the focus of the mind that is as important as the movements in the body gotcha gotcha okay so it's not really stretching but it is creating a sense of impact yeah for sure okay so, sure. so okay gotcha all right and so what we want to do, like the impact is also we're, we're seeking out. So if you have a shoulder restriction, most people are walking around kind of unaware of their shoulder restrictions because they're just avoiding them. Mm -hmm. So if you have a shoulder restriction, you take your arm back and you go, oh, that's really painful right across here. It's really sore. Then it's like, okay, there's the engagement. But let's find the level of engagement that is tolerable, that you can hold your arm for three minutes, that you can stay in that posture. So it might not be here because it's too much and you would bring up a defensive nervous system reaction to that because you're into the restriction in such a hard way. So it's mm -hmm. like, ease off, ease off, ease off. It's like, oh, there, there, I can work there. So you're always looking. So I'm always modifying where people are accessing their joints because everyone's got different restrictions inside each and every joint. And so you want to find the place where it's tolerable for them. They're feeling the impact, as you call it, um, but they're not overdoing the impact in the joint because that okay. will create inflammation and reaction. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So does it does. Uh joint renewal does it work also for acute injuries or is it best for like chronic injuries like saying like somebody who's you know lost their shoulder mobility and they have a limited range of motion so they can't do this and it's just it's been stuck that way for god knows how long or is it really can it work for somebody who's saying you know, like i used to be able to do this and now all of a sudden you know i can't do that anymore you know it, I, for yeah it's not descriptive Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, it would need a longer conversation between myself or, you know, another another teacher who teaches this method. Mm -hmm. um, you, you would talk to your teacher, you would explain what was going on. And the teacher's not even at that point, just we're just collecting data from students. And then we put them in a class and we just really keep an eye on them and notice. And as I say, you can always find a degree of movement and you want to find the edge. It's like the magic edge of where that movement starts to move into pain. You don't go into the pain, but you you hover on the edge of it, the, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 very, very close to it. So there is strong sensation sometimes, but not so much as you would be activating like a defensive response right just be on the on the lip of it so depending on the injury like you know if it's a recent injury and there's still inflammation and healing happening in the joint then you rest the joint you don't do anything with it you know mm -hmm. if it's a chronic thing that's been going on for ages then yeah you you might want to explore different movements different um, ways and you know the other thing which needs to be said here is that 
many of our chronic issues are to do with the, the, the body brain pain system activation, how it all works together. And you can't separate the mind and the neuroreceptors and everything that happens around pain in the mind. You can't separate that from the body. So, you know, the, the brain may have, there may have been an, an original injury in the shoulder, let's say, but the brain has that um, neuropathway, those transmitters, those, those, that circuitry to that pain in the shoulder that's easily activated so that if the brain, if there's some other pain, if there's some psychological pain, if there's some emotional pain, the shoulder might be the place that that emotional pain shows up. Ah, okay. It might not be a biomechanical issue. It might be some other emotional issue that because the circuitry there to show pain and the brain needs to tell you, oh, hang on a minute, you're in pain. Um but we don't really listen to often we don't really right. listen to our emotional pain at the same right. level that we do emo, uh, physical pain so the brain goes okay well let me trigger some physical pain because then maybe she'll listen wow okay yeah on on that one do you think do you think your body and your brain know the difference between physical and emotional pain no not at all I mean, you know, when you, when you touch your hand on a hot stove, boom, it's hot. It's right. take it away and there's burn and, you know, you put your polysporin on and you, you do whatever you do to heal the, the burn and it, and it goes away. Yes, that's that's a physical pain. pain. Right. You know, there's been a there's been a registering of it in the brain, everything else. But, um, you know, if you do research, I mean, it's far bigger too big a topic to kind of go into here but if you do research into pain you know modern pain research is fascinating what they're discovering about the origin of the of the pain is in the brain you know there's so many stories of people who when they um when they have an accident, if they're on their own and they need to survive, they need to, you know, come down the mountain or they need mm -hmm. to get out of the situation. They don't feel the pain because the body can, the mind can go, not important. What's important is to get out of here. What's important is to get down the mountain. This pain, we're not going to register it for you because the priority is to override it. So we have that capacity All to right. cut off those, those links to, you know, what has been a, a physical trauma. Um, and we know that there's evidence of that. There's, there's situations right. with that. And when people are approached on a psychotherapeutic way with certain pain management systems you know, so chronic pain in the back um just will disappear will disappear when the emotional psychological issue is is addressed it's like wow that 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 is extraordinary and it's not to say that the pain isn't real you know people go oh it's all made up it's just in their brain no no that the body is using something in the spine to signal pain it's just it's signaling pain because it's that's the only way the brain can signal the pain because the emotional pain hasn't been registered by whoever it is receiving it's like okay yeah. can't receive the emotional pain let's signal some right some yeah. physical that that is that is really neat stuff and i know i just threw a huge question at you and um but that kind of stuff just fascinates me it's like because you're right you know even just um in less severe circumstances it's not necessarily life or death but you know when someone is saying like a, a football player you know is on the field and you know he gets hit pretty hard and he has maybe you know, a couple of rib fractures, but he didn't realize it. And he just got back up and he kept playing, you know, completely oblivious to the pain or lack thereof if he didn't feel it or he didn't realize it. And he gets off the field, he's checked out by a doctor. Dude, you, you, you're, you've got several ribs that have been fractured. Right. <laughs> you need to go to a hospital. I don't know how you finish that game like this. You should be, have, you, should, you should have had difficulty re even breathing, much less running up a field with a ball. Exactly. 
exactly yeah and the, and you can see it see it with kids too okay so a kid is running you know herring along the the, right. the path in the forest everything else and then boom trips bam, yeah. you know face plants right to the floor little kid he will turn and look to mum and dad or you know significant parent uh, right. adult figure if the adult goes, oh, oh my goodness, are you okay? No, no, terrible drama, panic. Oh, it must be pain. The kid will start crying. Oh. If the parent goes, oh, up you get, little trip, off we go, carry on, blah blah blah. Kid will just smile. They take their cue from. The, the, the adult, so it's learnt, you know, this idea of, of, of understanding. Now, what's happened to their physical body? It's like, yeah, probably some impact, maybe a bit of bruising. It's like, did the brain need to register it? No, because the brain then looked to, am I safe? Is, uh, is this okay? Yes, you are. Mum and dad have said fine. Off we go. We can continue on. Right. That's that's really cool. Yeah, that that that's a, that's a actually a very good point right there. Yeah, because it is projecting in a way. It is, you know, how how should I be feeling right now? How did this? I just this just happened to me. I don't yes. know how I should feel right now. And we and and, we uh, and that's you know that's the the worry when somebody gets a diagnosis. Say they have a spine um, scan, and uh, they've got a herniated disc. Mm -hmm. And so the doctor says, oh, well, you know, your back pain is because you've got a herniated disc. Well, what people don't know is that 60% of the population of over 60-year-olds have herniated discs. 60%. There's, um, like, I mean, and I'm figuring, figuring that out from some podcast I was listening to last week, but and I might be wrong on that number, but it's a really, really high percentage of if you look for um, herniated discs, spinal degeneration, disc movements, bulging discs, you know, all the rest of it, um, most people, by the time they're in their 60s, 70s, you would expect to see those kind of stuff, that kind of stuff going as part of the aging process on the spine. Now, most people walk around with spines that are like that and have no pain have no pain. So it's almost a misdiagnosis when somebody says, oh, uh, you know, you've got this herniated disc, that's why you've got this pain. Because it doesn't take into consideration what's the psychological pain? What's the, what's the, what's the story behind this? What, where was, you know, this person in their lives, what are they fretting about? What are they worrying about? Where's the stress? Where's the worry? Where's the fear? All of that needs to be put into context with, you know, have they taken too much on? Are they trying to do too much? Are they upset with something? All of that needs questioning when there's pain in the body. All right, exactly. So with working with joint when you were system, so we obviously there's physical benefits that come from it and you know someone like me i mean i like to i like to reap benefits from every direction i can get it from so i i've done yoga before um I, i'm a proponent of it i'm not an avid yogi but you know I'm, I'm this person who thinks that you know just about anything you find can have some benefit to you you know it doesn't matter what it is it could be you know there's benefits to yoga there's benefits to bodybuilding there's benefits to running you know, there's, you can gain something from yeah. almost yeah. anything. So I'm, you know, like you said earlier about you being a yoga slut, I'm kind of an exercise slut. Mm -hmm. I kind of just, I'm kind of just going, looking around, seeing, huh, that, that could actually be useful, yeah. you know, especially, especially, especially as I start to get older here too. I mean, that's kind of why I'm more and more interested in this stuff here too, because I'm going to be 40 next year. And that's typically known as the, you know, the point of no return in some ways is like, you know, you, you have to really be dialed in in some things. Otherwise, this is the point where things, if you are not in control of it, will spin away from you. You know, that's traditionally how it's looked at. Um, so that's why I kind of look around and see what I can really do that will give me a 
um, a max benefit or an aggregate benefit in the future. Um, so with J with the joint renewal system, what I want to know is because, you know, people like me, we like to kind of dip our toes in everything just about, and does it work alongside, can it work alongside other modalities or can, is, is it? Is, Absolutely. I mean, I, I would say, you know, what you want is, first of all, you want to really enjoy whatever it is you're doing. I mean, as you yeah. said, if you, if you're, you know, starting all over doing various exercises and everything it's because you enjoy it right and you're curious mm -hmm. and so you're 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 fulfilling that that um aspect of yourself which is to be curious curious and that's one of the i, I would mention the three c's so we've got calm another one is curiosity so mm -hmm. being curious keeps you engaged that's what children that's what leads children into all yes. their play and their activities absolutely really really important quality to have to be curious and the other thing is commitment so you have to be curious and you have to be committed and so you know if you're committed to your body and your mind and you want to you know as you say turning 40 turning 50 turning 60 you're gonna we're all gonna hit those landmarks and then the commitment needs to be, I want to be doing something that is sustainable. Mm -hmm. Because many of these fitness fads or phases, they, they come in, they come, go, you come and go kind of thing. And what, <laughs> there's a lovely quote from Francisco Cayute, I just share here, which is, I don't care if I can do a handstand. You know, handstands, headstands, they're, they're, they're like, oh, people, they're all over Instagram. That's Instagram yoga. It's like, I don't care if I can do a handstand. I want to know if I can put my pants on when I'm 90. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's it. It's like, that's the commitment. And, and so the level of commitment that you're making to whatever exercise it is that you're doing, whatever form of staying connected to your body, remembering yoga is, is a way to connect to your body and not treat your body as a machine, but as you know, you're, 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 uh, you're, you are your body. You, you, you know, there is no separation. And we tend to think of, you know, our mind and our body as two separate things. And we, our mind tells our body, oh, you got to go to the gym. And then our body goes, no, I don't want to go to the gym. <laughs> you know, it's like there's this sort of conflict or dialogue. It's like, no, no, no. You're just committed to staying connected and showing up, being curious and keeping that essence of calm within you. Right. Yeah. I think especially um, in the Instagram world or just the modern world in general, especially the fitness space, it's, there's, it has gotten more uh, bifurcated in the sense that you feel like there's almost like an eternal war between the brain and the body. Like, because you see this stuff all the time where it's like, you know, the mind is strong. The mind must command everything. Even if the body is, the flesh is weak, the mind is strong, <laughs> that kind of thing. And so, you know, it's telling you like, even though your body is resisting, your body is tired, your mind wants to go, your mind must take command, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Which is actually unkind, you know, sometimes yeah. the body just needs to rest. I mean, I, I say to my students like, okay, your yoga practice for today, legs up the wall. Just lie down, put your legs against the wall, uh, relax, you know, maybe interlock your hands under the under your head unless there's shoulder restrictions, just let them out to the side and stay there for 10 minutes. I mean, that in itself is an extraordinarily useful yoga practice. Um, it does all sorts of things to the circulation. It really helps with heart regeneration. Um, it, it, it lowers the blood pressure almost immediately. It's it's mm -hmm. a really, really powerful pose. And you're doing nothing in it other than putting your legs up the wall. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So now I don't I want you to go too much into this because I don't want to kind of spoil the, the package for people who might sign up with you. So say I'm a brand new client. I sign up for um, Joint Renewal System. So just kind of in, in however broad, a broad terms that you want to kind of take us through what would be kind of the, um, the process, the sign-up process, and what would we have to look forward to? Yeah, I mean, there's different ways of engaging 
I mean, I think many people who first come across my methodology take my 21 day challenge, which is five minutes a day. And I teach you one posture per day. So if you've only got five minutes, you can learn that posture. And the posture is, is slow because we do like two minutes hold or two and a half minutes hold on each side or one posture for five minutes. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really, it's in depth because it's just the, the one posture. And then over the 21 days, you can start to stack. It's like, oh yeah, I did on day three, I did this particular posture. Now I'm gonna do this one and then I'm gonna do this one. So you can have a 15 minute practice within a few days. Or you can just stay with learning the basic postures. And I really recommend that as like a point of, of engagement because you're learning, you know, not only the postures, but you're learning the the methodology, the, the approach, that calming the nervous system down. You're, you're understanding why this method works and how it works. Um, so that would be the first thing. But, you know, for, right off out of the gate, I would say just go to my website, www.kathywhiteyoga.com and sign up for my joint renewal guide. There's a free guide you can download. It's a PDF. It's a short read. It's lots of images and information on it. And it just gives you a really good overview. And then the, the link in that guide is if you wanted to, to join the 21 day challenge. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll feature that in the show notes um, when I upload everything too. So, um, so uh, how, how have your people responded? What's the general response to your, uh, your system here? You know, as it people love it, people love it. And, I think the main thing is, is it's, it's subtle, but mighty. <laughs> it's that, that, that kind of, um, oh, what are we doing here? It doesn't feel like we're doing much. And then people stand out and w walk out of an hour's class with me. And they're just like, wow, that, we didn't, didn't feel like we're doing much of the time, but my body feels completely changed. And not only is the body changed, but the, mental approach you know that the, the presence people come out and they've it's like they've done an hour's meditation they're just really focused and present and alive in their in their selves so the impact is is huge do you think um do you think that if you were when you were younger you said earlier that you couldn't stand aerobics <laughs> Um, that it was just, I mean, I, I remember when I, when I was a kid, my, my, cause my mom did a few aerobics classes, um, and I'd have to be with her. So she was in this gymnasium and all these mainly women, I think most main one man was there wearing ever, leg. like yeah, wearing, right, wearing leg warmers. Um, definitely the instructor was wearing leg warmers. I don't know if anyone else was, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember some of those classes and, um, most people seem like they were pretty satisfied with it, but yeah, they did seem pretty physically arduous. And, um, do you think, uh, if you were, you were probably in the market for something like this, even when you were younger, even before, like all your joints started, um, aching and things like that. Do you yeah. I mean, I think had I found, well, I, you know, I found yoga anyway, pretty early, mm -hmm. as I said, but, um, I think I was always more drawn to, you know, I have a, I have a long meditation practice anyway. So I was always mm -hmm. drawn to something that was going to be more meditative. So I, you know, I also practice a little bit of Tai Chi. I'm going to start in the new year with a, another Tai Chi, Tai Chi teacher. Um, I've done Qigong for a couple of years. Um, so, you know, just those more mindful movement practices really inform this this sense of connection and this sense of joining and, and connecting that yoga gives so i think you know I, i've jogged in the past you know i've been a bit of a runner not for very long but you know for about a year i used to used to run regularly um but i like i like to just think yeah well i want to keep active and, and physical you mm -hmm. know I, I love to sail i love you know going out on a on a boat <clears throat> and that requires you know a fair degree of physical activity i love to hike we've got beautiful hikes here on vancouver island i bet <laughs> if i want to hike up a mountain i need to be i need to be in good shape to be able to do that and so my yoga becomes 
the foundation it becomes my nourishment to create this body you know it's it's the base point of like from there i can go sailing go hiking do do go dancing i love to dance um i just find all those things are, are possible when i keep up with my practice gotcha gotcha Okay, Kathy. So as we start to kind of uh, draw things to a close here, so one thing I like to um, ask people as kind of a closing tradition is, so because we, we typically go over a lot of material, a lot of things to digest. So if no one, if you could have people walk away with one, one thing above all else, or if nothing else at all, what would it be? I would say... Take a deep breath and drop into being calm. It's like, and have that as a question. Have that as a question. How, how can I be calm? How can I be calm here? There's so much, you know, frenzy and activity and busyness in our worlds, in our lives, in our conversations, in our politics. Um, and, and just how can I, how can I be calm? How can I bring a sense of calm into my, into my system, into my body, into my life, into my relationships? And that would, you know, for me, I find it through yoga. I find it through yoga. It's a moving meditation for me and it calm, it calms me down. It keeps me calm. So I would really offer that as a, you know, and for me, for you, for your listeners, it may be some other form of movement. It may be, you know, just going for a, a quiet walk, not a big hike, but a quiet walk through the woods or the park near your house. Just, you know, standing next to a tree, hugging a tree, you know, whatever it is, um, just looking for calm. I think the world could do with a lot more calm in it. Yeah, I think at, at base, that's probably what a lot of people are looking for, especially if they are big into exercise and working out. I think ultimately what they're really striving for is a sense of calm, a sense of connectiveness. Um, because way back in the day, in my adult life, when I got on this, on this path, that's what I was really looking for. Because mm -hmm. so, that's where I started out with. It was just walking. You know, I went through, you know, something, you know, something pretty personal and I went and it was pretty chaotic to me. And, you know, I just had to get my mind off it somehow. And so I just, I don't know what prompted me to do it, but I just jumped in my car, went to a park and walked. I think I, you know, I didn't, I didn't prepare for it. I didn't have any running shoes or, you know, athletic wear, athletic wear, athletic wear on at all. I just had whatever I was on and I just got in the car and left and went walking. I think I did about three miles, you know, just like, off, like that, like that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So I think ultimately that's kind of what we're all looking for here. And I think really more to it. Um, if you have a sense of calm, then everything else kind of falls into place. Can you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, if we can come back to that and, and, um, just take a breath you know what you know if we're engaged in something that's terribly stressful if we if we've got a conflict at work or at home or we, we're struggling with a child or a, an elderly parent or whatever it is you know, to just step back and that's what for me yoga does is i step back get on my mat and something happens on my mat that just calms me right down that then I can get off my mat and go and engage with whatever the stressful situation was is but I engage with it from a entirely different perspective when I've had that place of calm be activated that sense of a bigger sense of self rather than the part that's going yeah drama drama I gotta fix this gotta sort this out mm -hmm. are they doing that to me what's going on and you know, all that dialogue, I just like, poof, put it to one side. Right. Do my practice, come back to the breath, calm the body down. All that tightness and tension that comes from the drama 
can dissipate, dissolve. And then I'm in a much better place to see clearly, to find a different solution, to engage with the, the situation entirely differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kathy, thank you for coming on. Really oh, appreciate sure. our thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate the conversation. It's very, very informative and um, very, very um, on an odd way relaxing too, because it's like, it, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of one of these things where you just need someone else to hear it. You need to hear someone else say it, you know, you just kind of need it. Exactly. And um, exactly. so, but yeah, but I really appreciate the conversation. And um, like I said earlier, I'll put all the contact info on the website in the show notes when I upload it. And it'll be there for anyone who wants to reach out to Kathy, uh, anyone who you know wants her, uh, her download PDF, they can look things over. The joint renewal system is what it's called. And um, I want to thank everyone else for uh, listening. And uh, don't forget, like for myself, I have online courses that are going to, that are always there for um, to be available to people who need them. They address uh, common deficits and, and uh, strength and coordination and neuromuscular functioning. So check them out if you're interested. And um, again, thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Sean. Love Thank you. And Matt, and I'll talk to all the rest of you later. Take care, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps. And I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes. And you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's Ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.